You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist, episode number 66, What to Do When Everything is Awful. (laughs) I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you're staying healthy. Um, I want you to know, I think of you guys out there in the world working away as OBGYNs, I think of you so often. And I was kind of pondering on this this morning as I did my journaling, as I did my uh, my thought work. I think it really helps me to know, especially whenever I'm on call, um, that there are probably thousands of you guys out there on call with me. <laughs> and I don't know, what for, what, for, for whatever reason, you know, that seems to help me. It makes me smile. And I want you to just to know how often I actually think of you guys. How often I think like, ooh, the listeners, they're going to like this. Like if I'm reading something new or I'm learning something new, I'm like, ooh, gosh, they need to know this. And so I just want you to know that, that I'm always so excited to talk with you guys every week. And um, and I'm always like thinking of you as I go through my day, especially kind of in my, um, my OBGYN side of life, right? And so One of those recent things that I thought of you guys, (laughs) one of those little ahas was, I want to tell you about it. I was watching this new movie. It's a Disney movie, Encanto. (laughs) Have you guys heard about this? I am sure some of you guys have had it like playing in the background on repeat like my family has um, because you, you will know what I'm talking about. Maybe you haven't watched it yet. If you haven't watched it, go look it up because it's on Disney Plus, and I don't know, like, if you don't subscribe to Disney Plus, I don't know how you can get it, like, if you could just, like, rent it, or if you, like, have to go to a theater. I don't know if that's a great idea right now, but with the COVID stuff, but um, maybe if you have already had the Omicron, and you've recovered, and you're doing great, and you want to go to the theater, maybe this is a reason to do that, because it is amazing. Not only is it just like a great Disney movie, like I'm a Disney nerd, but the music's great. It's a Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, musical. So the guy that did Hamilton, the guy that did Moana, um, but the storyline, it is so, so, so good. Like not only do I relate to so many of these characters, um, but I know several of my clients and many of you probably will too. So in brief, without ruining anything, Encanto is this you know, beautiful story, basically about a family full of gifted people, okay? And everyone has different strengths, but with those strengths comes problems, right? And so there are lots of characters, but there are definitely some huge lessons to be learned. Um, and the life coach part of me was completely geeking out. So one of the characters is really seen by her family as kind of the strong one. And she feels that she is carrying the world on, on her shoulders. She's constantly trying to make sure that, that um, you know, everyone can depend on her. She's She's just making sure that she doesn't let anybody down. And she's always worried that like it, she's going to let everybody down if she isn't strong all the time. And so I was like, whoa, that kind of like blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I relate so much to that. And then there's another character in the family that is seen as the perfect one by her family. And she is always trying to kind of maintain that perfectionism, even when she doesn't like it, just to keep her family happy with her. And so I really related to that too. And so the moral of the story is really, um, you know, that we are all just more than just our gifts. And 
I think that is such an important thing for us as physicians to remember. So anyway, I don't get anything from Disney for promoting that, (laughs) but that would be really cool. So Disney, if you're out there listening, I'm your girl. (laughs) Anyway, you guys got to check it out. Um, Today, I really want to talk to you about what to do when everything is awful. And the reason I want to talk to you about this, I was having um, a conversation. I was talking with a friend the other day and she said to me, she said, Amanda, when I've been on call for a weekend and then I get home and I'm exhausted and I feel like shit and I'm like snapping at my family and my husband and my kids are driving me nuts. All I want to do is quit my job. <laughs> I do not want to sit down and like write out my thoughts or sit down and like meditate. <laughs> she was like calling me out. And I was like, yes, okay. And she, she said, you know, all I really want to do is just like go hide under the covers, scroll my phone, drink wine, eat chocolate, and like never come out again. (laughs) Which I think we've all kind of been there at one point or another. And I'm not laughing at her. I'm mostly just like laughing because it is so true. Okay. And I I wanted to make sure you guys don't think that that the only way to solve your problems (laughs) is by like changing a thought or looking at your thoughts or journaling. I know I harp on that stuff so much. And so she called me out on this and I was like, girl, you know what? I agree hundred percent. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And so we are going to talk about, you know, when you are that tired and that exhausted, you are essentially just surviving, right? Your brain is in survival mode. So how do you get out of that mode and go about functioning as the high-functioning human that you are, right? That's the question here. And so my answer is this. You have to provide yourself with the things you need for survival first, right? You need to signal to your body like, hey, I've got you. Here's what we need to survive, (laughs) right? And then once your body has those things, you'll usually be in a better state of mind, okay? Because whenever you don't have those things and you're post-call and you're grumpy and you're just like, you know, like this like feral doctor mom that wants to crawl under the covers and scream at everybody and just drink wine and, you know, not come out of the cave, right? Like that, whenever you're in that mode, you're using your primitive brain, okay? You're in survival mode, okay? And so what I also want you to think about is, is, is a different way to kind of think about that part of your brain, okay? Because whenever you're in that that brain, that primitive brain, it's kind of like a toddler that has missed their naps and likes to throw fits about things like my cookie broke. <laughs> and they scream and they cry and they throw themselves down and they just like want to yell at everybody and you can't reason with them, right? So when we come home from a long weekend and everything is awful, and we're not okay, and we feel like our life is miserable because our cookie broke, (laughs) right? We need to step back and give that part of us the care and the attention that we desperately need in that moment. Because in that moment, that primitive toddler part of your brain is going to tell you, like, hey, our cookie broke. (laughs) Except it's not a cookie. Your primitive brain is going to tell you that that's your life, or it's your job that's broke, right? And it's going to throw this big old fit about your life or about your job, right? It's going to have this big old tantrum from time to time. And it's going to make suggestions that 
the grown-up responsible mom part of your brain, right, the prefrontal cortex, wouldn't necessarily suggest in that moment, okay? So that, that toddler throwing a fit because their cookie broke or because they think your life broke, right, they, they just are going to be like, life sucks, everything sucks, I want to quit my job, nobody cares about me, nobody likes me, I'm a terrible doctor, you know, like, those are the things that, like, a toddler, you know, is going to, like, scream about if their cookie broke, right? Like, so, like, they're going to scream all these unreasonable negative things, right? About how you're a mean mommy, right? But your brain, thinking that your job is broke, <laughs> or your life is broke, is going to suggest even meaner things, okay? And that's normal for that part of our brain, okay? I want you to know that. And what it's really doing is asking for the things we need to survive, okay? So if you start to notice your brain kind of throwing a little fit, kind of having a little tantrum, having a little moment, (laughs) or maybe having a big moment and saying, I just want to quit my effing job, (laughs) you know? I want you to just kind of notice that if you can, okay? It's hard to notice that, though, whenever you're in that moment because you aren't functioning from your prefrontal cortex. You're not functioning from the responsible part of your brain that can actually watch your own thinking. So whenever everything sucks, whenever, you know, everything is awful, whenever you're not okay, I want you to start to care for yourself And like, show yourself some love here. Like, hey, okay, I hear you. I know you're tired. I know you're not happy that your cookie broke, but let's take care of you and give you the things you need right now to feel better. And then we could talk about the cookie. Okay. So I want you to think about this. Like if you have a toddler and they throw a huge fit, like, cause they missed a nap and you can't reason with them. Okay. You can't just go do journaling. Right. So you can't reason with them. You got to just like take care of them for a little bit, kind of show them some love that it's going to be okay, right? That's what they need in that moment. And, you know, I I would not suggest just ignoring this part of your brain. (laughs) Sometimes you got to just like let them have their time, right? But like, we're going to, for our part of our brain, we're going to lovingly approach it, okay? I want you to kind of care for that part of your brain, okay? Because there's no sense in trying to tell the toddler that the cookie still tastes good, even if it's broken, right? If it's in two pieces, they're not going to listen. They're just pissed because it's broken, right? And they're exhausted or they're worn out, right? And so neither will that primitive toddler part of your brain. It's not going to listen unless you're just caring for it and giving it the things it needs um, first, okay? So when everything is awful, you're not okay, I want you to make sure that you're meeting your basic human needs. (laughs) We have to do this first because when you're not meeting your basic human needs first, that grown-up part of your brain, that prefrontal cortex, can't hear you. The toddler part is just going to drown it out. The primitive brain is just going to drown that out, okay? So yeah, I totally agree. There's no sense in journaling or meditating or doing any of these things if we aren't taking care of that, you know, very primitive part of our brain that cares about survival, okay? And so we have to give it the things it needs to be happy to show it like, hey, we are surviving. Look, we're good. Okay. First. And so whenever I talk about basic human needs, I am mostly basing this off of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is like this theory in psychology um, that all humans need things in a certain order to be healthy. 
and like well-rounded or something. Okay. Balanced. I don't know. Um, and so what you'll see is you'll see like this little pyramid and we probably learned this way back in med school. I didn't remember, but I relearned it recently. And so there's this little pyramid and the basic things like the basic human needs are on the bottom at the base of the pyramid. Okay. And you have to accomplish these basic things at the base or the bottom before you can do the more mindful and creative things to like grow as a person, reach your goals, that kind of stuff. That stuff is located at the top of the pyramid. So you have to fulfill the bottom things in the pyramid first to be able to get to that place where you are thriving. Okay. So when everything is awful and you aren't okay, I want you to check in and make sure that you're meeting your basic human needs first before doing anything else. So for example, let's say, you know, this is kind of my week last week, okay? <laughs> let's say you're on call last night and you're up almost all night. And then the night before that, you were up late too. And now you're starting your day, you're heading into clinic and you got clinic all day. And you just feel like everything is terrible. You feel like shit. You, you know, you just want to quit. You want to cry. You're mad at everything. You're mad at everyone. This is not the best time to sit down in a journal, okay? <laughs> you will likely not even be in a place where you can do that mentally. So I want you to check in and make sure you're meeting your basic human needs first, okay? And you know I'm all about looking at your thoughts and your mindset, but you can't even begin to connect with those things until you are out of survival mode, okay? So to check in, I want you to make sure you've done or addressed the following six things, okay? I'm going to list six. Now, some of you may include other stuff, okay? That's totally fine. I think that these six are the most important, okay? So number one, I want you to ask yourself, are you hydrated, okay? I know that's like a basic thing. We're like telling our patients all the time, like, well, just drink some water. It'll be all right, you know? But seriously, are you hydrated? If not, go have some water, right? I know it seems simple, but how many times are we like counting our water intake as like the water that soaks the beans that makes the coffee, right? <laughs> that doesn't count here, right? That's my favorite type of water, but we can't count that towards this, this basic human needs, okay? If you don't like water, I encourage you to just get some down in some form or fashion if you are at that point where everything is awful, you're not okay, everything sucks. Okay, just get some water down. And then at some point later on, when you're doing better, different day, okay, I want you to go down to Whole Foods or Sprouts or some little grocery store where there's more than just like Aquafina cases on the shelf, right? So don't go to Walmart, don't go to Target, go somewhere where there's actually like a selection of water. And I want you to consider picking five different types to try until you find one you like, okay? Now, hear me out. I had no idea until recently that different types of water could taste so different, right? I ended up somehow watching this documentary. It's like a guilty pleasure that has Zac Efron. I highly suggest that. Uh, <laughs> it's called Down to Earth. And there's this episode that's really focused on water. And in that episode, they go and they do a water tasting with a water sommelier, okay? And it was super interesting so, of course, like after that, I decided, me and my husband, we got to do this, okay? So, in Oklahoma, there's no such thing as a water sommelier, I'm sure of it. Uh, maybe there is, but not where I live. So, we went and we did our own experiment, and it's so true. We went and got different kinds of water, and we, like, taste tested them. And I had no idea that different water could taste so different. And the really interesting part is, I actually live in an area 
where we have a lot of natural springs, and our neighborhood is actually called Dripping Springs. So we have well water, and for those of you that may not be familiar with what that is, that doesn't mean that like we have like a well in our backyard and like a bucket. <laughs> it does not mean that. We have like this little pump in our garage that like pumps up and filters and the water, you know, makes it safe to drink um, from the natural spring that is in the ground below our house. But what I didn't realize prior to this is I was kind of always super worried about whenever I made ice with it and then it would melt, it would look cloudy and it would kind of precipitate these little floaters in my glass uh, whenever it melted. And so I was even worried, like I checked that our water testing is was good and that it was safe to drink. Well, it turns out I learned those are actually minerals and they make the water taste really good. And so anyway, that's like a thing that is found in spring water. And some people pay a lot of money to have water like this all the time. So anyway, the moral of this little tangent is that there are a lot of water tastes out there. And I encourage you to find your favorite because we probably are not the best at staying hydrated. Okay. So finding one that actually tastes good to you is going to make it easier. Okay. And I know with, with COVID, we're wearing our masks all the time. We're probably even more dehydrated than we were, you know, before COVID, right? We're always running around. We don't even have a chance to stop, right? So I want you to make it as easy as you can. And if it tastes good, it's going to be easier. Okay. I want you to also play with room temperature versus slightly chilled versus super cold because I had no idea I actually prefer my water um, room temperature or maybe slightly chilled. And I was always like, a, I got to have a lot of ice girl before that. But anyway, big tangent, I know. Um, <laughs> but if we're talking self-care here, I know it sounds bougie to talk about water like this, but let's make it as easy and as enjoyable to care for ourselves as possible. Okay, so number one, are you hydrated? <laughs> if not, go go watch Zac Efron. Um, <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you, I am having so much fun with you guys today. I just, I get off on these tangents. You got to ignore them. I don't know. It's impossible to ignore whenever you're listening to this, I guess. All right. Number two, second question to ask yourself, have you eaten real food today? Okay. I'm not talking about hospital graham crackers. I know some of y'all love those things. But I'm talking about, have you had something real? <laughs> Did you ha have you had anything with a vegetable or a fruit or fresh on your plate today? Okay. Have you had something that like didn't come from a package today? Have you had something that's not included in the patient refrigerator today? Okay. If the answer is no, go get some real food, something with protein and fat, not just simple carbs. Okay. If you aren't used to fasting and you haven't eaten anything today, you may be really hangry contributing to all of this. That feels like shit. So find something that's real to eat, right? Like have DoorDash bring you a fruit cup and a sandwich from Panera, okay? Call the hospital cafeteria, put it in an order, have your MA go grab it, right? Most gas stations even will have some almonds or a cheese stick or a banana, okay? Find something semi-real that you can eat. In, a, in, in like a fuel, you know, for your body caring way, not in a, I want to drown my sorrows in a pint of Ben and Jerry's way. Okay. Fuel your body, give it something that it needs to survive. Okay. And if you are someone that utilizes intermittent fasting, I want to make sure, you know, check in how long has, have you been fasting? Has it been too long? If not, do you need more water? Okay, just check in with yourself if you are an intermittent faster. I know a lot of you out there do that. So 
check in with yourself, make sure it hasn't been too long, okay? Make sure that you are doing okay, okay? Number three, ask yourself, have you been able to shower in the last day? Now, I know whenever you are coming off a crazy call shift and you're heading straight to the clinic, if you've been at the hospital all night and you walk into clinic, like, there's no time sometimes, right? So, what I want you to do is, I want you to call up to the floor right now. You have them get you some of those bath wipes. You go wipe yourself down in the bathroom, okay? I know that sounds like I'm like being your mama here, but it is amazing how even a wipey bath will make you feel like a new person, y'all. Even if you aren't able to do that, just washing your face with some warm water in the bathroom, it can make you feel like a new person. It really does. Um, I know I was recently, recently, you know, doing this, and I was about to scrub into a C-section after having, you know, a long couple nights, no sleep, and then doing clinic, and then I had to go to a C-section. I just, I wanted to crawl into the scrub sink. The water felt so good. Like, I was, like, scrubbing in, and they're like, I could see them in the OR waiting on me, and I'm like, oh, just a few more minutes, y'all. Like, this felt so good. And so... <laughs> Maybe you've had a long night and you've got one more case to go, okay? Don't use the Avogadro. Don't use the Sterilium. Scrub in. Get you some of that that warm water. Make yourself feel a little bit better, okay? Because it can really make you feel like a new woman, right? It's kind of like our patients. We walk in. They've had, you know, this 36-hour labor. They finally deliver. You go around on them the next day and you let them take a shower. and They, like, feel like a new person, right? Feel like a new woman, okay? A little bit of like warm water or cleanliness, something like that can make you feel like a different person, okay? So try it. The fourth thing I want you to ask, have you had any rest, okay? I know this is a loaded question. A lot of the, a lot of times the answer for me, you know, for this may be just plain no, okay? So I want, I want you to really think about this. Is there a way to get creative, and find some time to rest, okay? Is there a way to take a nap right before clinic? Can you postpone some of the visits and go nap for an hour? Get a power nap? Uh, something, I I don't know if this is, you know, science-backed or anything. Something I do and have done for a long time is if I have a chance to do a power nap for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I'll drink a cup of coffee. I'll go lay down. I'm so exhausted and um, about the time I my alarm goes off 30 or 45 minutes later for a little power nap, that coffee's kicking in, okay? Make sure you have some water on board before that. But, you know, is there some way that you can get a little nap in? Can you condense some visits? Can you end the day early? Go home, go to bed. Can you cancel some of these these patients, okay? We hate canceling people. We hate moving people. But you know what? I want you to think about this. Like, you need sleep for survival, Okay. And, you know, we often scoff at doing anything like that, but sleep is a basic human need, okay? So often we are trained, we are conditioned that we don't require much of it. We are conditioned to think that we can function without it just because, you know, we're, we're OBGYNs, right? But just because we went to medical school and residency doesn't mean we developed some kind of superpower where we don't need sleep, all right? So I want you to really check in with yourself. And if you're not, if you're truly not doing well, I want you to consider being honest with yourself. Consider canceling patients, right? I've seen so many of us like power through and I've done it as well, right? Where we kind of push through and see patients and then have you ever done that? And then you have to sleep before you even drive home because it's not safe to drive, right? 
hell, I had, I've known an OBGYN that, you know, pushed through, kept, kept seeing patients, did the clinic, and got in a wreck on the way home, y'all. It's dangerous to us, okay? It is dangerous to us to not have sleep. And so I also want you to think about, you know, if, if you are that tired or if you are tired, you're not making as sound of a decision as you probably would be if you were rested, okay? So maybe it is better for some of these patients that, you know, in their best interest even, okay, to see you a different day so that you can have some sleep and be functioning from that higher level place, okay? So I want you to think about that. I'm calling y'all out. You know, why would we think we can make sound decisions for a patient when we don't even feel safe to drive home, right? I've seen other docs be like, you know, have their spouse come and get them and drive them home. Like, if we aren't safe to drive home ourselves, we shouldn't be seeing people, y'all. I wouldn't want, I'm just like thinking about, I would not want my doctor to be seeing me and taking care of me if, if they can't even, you know, drive home, okay? So, you know, I want you to think about what is the problem with us meeting our basic human need for sleep and rescheduling clinic? It does not make us any less. It does not make us a bad doctor. It does not make us a bad employee. It does not make us, you know, it makes us human, okay? So think about that, all right? We have been conditioned, and I want you to really question what you've been conditioned to think about sleep and how much you need, okay? Um, or like what you're supposed to do post-call, all right? Once you get home from a shift, say you're a, a, a hospitalist, okay? If you're getting home from a shift and then you're like, doing your second job at home of like taking care of kids stuff and taking care of the house. I want you to really catch yourself on that. Okay. I want you to encourage yourself. Like don't get that second wind and start cleaning and doing all this stuff. That is your time to rest. That is your time to sleep. Okay. The other stuff will wait and you've got to take care of you first before you can do that other stuff. Okay. Basic human needs. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm done ranting on sleep. The fifth thing I want you to ask yourself. Okay. Have you been able to show your body any comfort or warmth or safety in the last 24 hours? Okay. Now, this is something that we don't often think about. But what I mean by this is we as humans, we need safety. We need to feel safe. We need to feel comforted. When everything is awful and you're not okay, I want you to consider how can you offer more of that to yourself? You know, because that signals your body that things are okay we are, we have the things we need to do to survive. Okay. If your body doesn't experience that, then you can do all these other things and go home and like try and rest. And you're still going to be like ramped up. You're gonna be anxious. You're gonna be running on adrenaline because your body thinks that you still need, you know, to find that safety so that you're allowed to rest. Okay. And so I think that this part of this kind of puzzle here that I'm trying to describe for y'all, I think this piece of the puzzle is something that we often neglect. And so we go home at night and then we lay there and we ruminate or we worry or we are anxious, even though we're exhausted, but we can't sleep, okay? This might be part of that. So I want you to think about, you know, at you know at night, if you're on the night shift, maybe that's getting a warm blanket out of the blanket warmer, wrapping yourself in it for a few minutes, okay, in between deliveries, right? And just really focusing on that. Maybe um, you pack a pair of really comfy socks, like fuzzy socks in your call bag that you put on um, while you're laying in bed. It's just like, that's like your signal to your brain. Like, look, these are my safe, comfy socks, okay? 
I know it sounds silly, but having something like that to signal your brain that you are safe and comfortable and warm and that it's okay, like you're, you've made it back to the cave, you don't have to run from the lion anymore, okay? Um, I know some docs that bring a heated blanket to the call room. I think that's a great idea right? Can you keep a fuzzy throw blanket in your office and just like wrap yourself up in it, right? Just feel that warmth and that comfort for just a few minutes. And sometimes I think it's even helpful to remind yourself like, look, I am safe and comfy and wrapped up in this blanket. Just saying it internally or out loud even, okay? Because when you're in that survival mode like that, you really got to signal your brain that you're okay, right? That lion is not chasing us, we can, we can get out of survival mode. Okay. All right. Number six, the last thing here. Okay. To ask yourself, have you had any amount of physical connection in the last day or two with another living human being? Right. Because we, as humans, we need that connection and that love and that belongingness. Right. So how can you create that for yourself, whether you're still at the hospital, whether you're now in the office doing clinic or whether you're home post-call, how can you create that? Okay. If you're stuck on L&D, is there like an older nurse that's like you've been working with for a long time um, that, and maybe they're not older. Okay. But just, you know, they're good at hugging. Okay. Uh, That's, that's the nurse that I picture. Okay. I know a couple of those that are great hugging, hugging nurses, right? They've got the best hugs. You know, can you ask, can you ask a nurse for a hug? Is that, what's so wrong with that? Okay. Can you go home and snuggle your dog and just like really snuggle your dog and, and enjoy that just for a few minutes? Okay. Be still and hold your dog or hug your dog or snuggle your dog. Okay. Maybe that's instead you go home and you snuggle with your kids or your spouse. I know my kids won't, uh, sit still for very long. And so what I mean here is we are talking about at least a 30 second hug. That's the kind of hug or snuggle you need. Okay. Remember way back when, when we talk about closing a stress cycle, you need a long hug. So more than just like a fleeting little side hug, you need a hug or something, you know, holding you or snuggling you, um, until you feel your body relax. Okay. And that can be you snuggling your dog too. So, you know, it, you know, if you're snuggling your dog, it just until you feel calmer, until you feel more at ease, okay? Holding another living being or having a physical connection with them for the amount of time it takes until you feel that calm sensation in your body. Pay attention to that, okay? Because what it feels like in your body is it's like a relaxation, okay? It's a calmness that comes over you. And you'll notice it when, you're ha- when it's happening, if you pay attention, okay, have to take some deep breaths and just pay attention to it, okay, because we need that as well um, for survival, okay, so this is a basic human need, is connection, okay, Um, now, I like physical connection, that's what I've mentioned here, Um, we, we need connection, loving, you know, belongingness, so maybe it's venting to a friend, okay, maybe it is, is, you know, some other version of that. Maybe it is just hugging yourself. Like, can you give yourself a big wraparound hug and hold it, like I was talking about, at least 30 seconds, okay? Um, Because you don't have to have someone else to feel that sensation, okay? But it signals your brain. It really does work, y'all. Signals your brain, like, look, I've rejoined my tribe back in the cave. The lion is no longer chasing me. I am safe, okay? So it's just another way to signal your brain, 
So those are the six things, okay? So um, hydration, right? Real food. Have you had a shower? Any rest? Um, are you able to show your body safety or comfort? Have you had any physical connection or human connection or dog connection, whatever? Um, <laughs> those are the six basic human needs. I want you to meet them regularly, if not all the time, okay? You deserve to have these things. You don't deserve to go without these things on a regular basis, okay? So if you are doing this on a regular basis, I want you to kind of evaluate that. Do these things to take care of yourself and then look back on it later when things don't seem as awful, okay? How, you know, how have I been shown to be a good doctor that is leading me to go without these things regularly? What have I been taught, uh, you know, in medical school, in residency that makes me think I don't deserve these things? What have I been shown about these things that makes me think I'm weak? Okay, so what is your belief surrounding these things if you are not getting them regularly? Now, if your job truly doesn't allow you to meet these things, I want you to evaluate that as well, okay? Most of the time, no one's ever going to say you can't meet your basic human needs, okay? So I want you to make sure it's not your job doing it, but also make sure it's not just you doing it, okay? So often we think, oh, well, it's just how my job is. And really, it's the beliefs that we have about it or the thoughts we have about ourselves if we stop to, to meet these human needs, okay? So I want you to think about that. Prioritize yourself. Allow yourself to stop in the middle of the clinic day. Take your mask off. Drink some water. Go to the bathroom, okay? Allow yourself the time to be human because you have to take care of you and your humanness prior to being able to use that creative, high-functioning part of your brain. You have to do that regularly, all right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're running behind or if the OR is waiting. Meet your needs first. I know there's emergencies. I'm not talking about those, okay? We got to do what we got to do for those emergencies. But, you know, it's okay if you run and have a sip of water, you know, before you scrub in to that, that tubal, Okay? The more you get in the practice of doing this and meeting these needs, the kinder you will be to yourself, right? And the less that little kind of toddler part of your brain will be throwing a fit about the broken cookie, right? That part of your brain isn't going to be as loud. You're going to be functioning from that part of your brain that knows that the cookie tastes just as good in two parts, okay? You want to be functioning from that part of your brain, right? Because you know, if you are functioning from that part of your brain, you're functioning from the responsible, caring, grown-up, creative part of your brain. And that reduces your burnout by activating that part of your brain, that prefrontal cortex. All right, y'all. I want you to try it. Make sure you're meeting these needs. And as always, if you ever need me, if you ever have questions, if you ever want me to talk about anything, reach out to me. You can always go to my website and put in a, a topic to have discussed here. You can always send me an email, uh, amanda at coach-miles.com. I'd love to talk to you. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, the Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.